The perfect rug can tie a room together. Soak the perfect rug in urine and you have a recipe for disaster. It may not have been a hate crime, but the dude hated it and he simply cannot abide. How far will one man go to right a wrong against him? Find out this week while we explore the cult classic film The Big Lebowski and a few other topics. So stay a while and listen. Alright, so this week we're taking a look at The Big Lebowski. It's an absolute classic movie. This was one of the ones that I grew up and I heard about it a lot and I never really watched it until later on, probably like mid-teens, like 15 or so. It's like once you watch it, you're like, wow, I can't believe I waited this long to watch, you know, such a great movie, or at least in my opinion. Um, 1998, you know, Jeff Bridges. Uh, I mean, not just that, John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean, they're huge, huge, huge cast of uh, of really great actors in this. Uh, absolute bop of a soundtrack uh, for the entire movie pretty much the guy from yeah. roseanne right yeah 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 john goodman okay yep. let's like name ourselves i'm the guy from roseanne who are y'all <laughs> what is that even mean? <laughs> you have to pick a character <laughs> so you so you would you would bring the gun to the bowling alley <laughs> <laughs> talking about oh, name all the time mikey's the confused yeah. guy yeah, I already, I already knew I was gonna be Donnie right off the bat. Yeah, Mike, you would definitely be Donnie, total Donnie. And he, shut up, Donnie. Mikey, had you seen this before? I feel no, like you might no, have. I actually haven't, and it's surprising. It's like a big cult movie. It's like yeah. huge, and I like um, other Cohen movies. Like um, was that No Country for Old Men? I think it's another movie they directed. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, my, people have always talked about it and recommended, it and just kind of skipped over it. But no, I was. I kind of uh, somehow just never watched it, and that was the first time for me. I just realized that he uh, also directed The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Uh, Landry, did you watch that with your dad and me and Pinky? Mm, I mean, I may have been there for One of the movie nights? Okay, that's a really good movie as well. And then he also obviously directs Fargo. Um, I mean, a lot of those... Uh, Joel Cohen movies are really good. I'd never seen it either, and I thought this was going to be about a baseball team, so I was really confused the whole time. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. The Big Lebowski. Yeah. yeah. That kind of sounds like like maybe like the Sandlot, you know, like that kind of scenario, like some kids. Okay. Yeah. One of the kids was named the Big Lebowski. Yeah. The biggest hitter in the whole neighborhood. I was like, so when do they go to the baseball field? As the guy's peeing on his rug, yeah. I was like, are they going to go to the baseball <laughs> yeah. field next? Like, what's happening? <laughs> so you said you'd never seen this before, though, right? No, I, yeah. My expectations okay. were, like, completely, like, left field about this. Did you watch this with your dad? No, I did just ask him about it, though. I was like, he asked me whenever I, like, left real quick. And he was like, what Like, what did y'all watch this week? And I told him we watched this. And he's like, that is a classic like, you need to watch yeah. it. He's like, you've never seen that? And he's like, I failed you as a parent. Yeah. Old <laughs> Jeff Bridges, man, that that he, he plays so many. And it's hard to see this role. Or, like, if, you, if you're if you a younger fan of Jeff Bridges or look at his young roles. Because he did, what, Iron Man, I think. He was the villain in the first Iron Man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, He did uh, that. Crazy Heart, which is a really good movie as well. Yeah, and then he did the the R.I.P. whatever with uh, that they're like dead dead paranormal investigators or something or afterlife. Yeah, yeah. I can't even remember what that movie was. Uh, I mean, he's just a, an incredible actor. I think he would make a really good Dutch if they ever made a Red Dead Redemption two. Oh, movie. for sure. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> he's definitely got that whole thing going on. Yeah. True Grit, too, right? Did you say that already? That's a big yeah. movie. Yeah, he was in, a, I think, the Kingsman, one of the Kingsman movies. Yeah, great actor, um, yeah. R.I.P.D. was the movie's name. That's right, yeah. I was saying that mm-hmm. a long, long time ago, but I remember it. Oh, yeah, The Men Who Stare at Goats. That's a real weird one. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, th- like we've said, this is just kind of a, a cult classic, and... I was late to the scene or late-ish to the scene. Obviously, not as late because uh, this is y'all's first time seeing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Elliott 
that plays that stranger in the movie. I love the character in this because that sort of influences a lot of that that guy's other characters. You'll see. Yeah. Um. He he has that uh small role in Parks and Rec. Do you remember Other Ron? Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember that, Landry? No, I don't. Other Ron. Uh. When when Eagleton merges into Pawnee. Yeah. And Ron's <gasps> counterpart comes in. He's like hippie oh, Ron. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh my god, yeah. Oh my god, I forgot. And then about when that. <laughs> when Ben Wyatt and Ron are are drinking the blueberry wine, they run into him again. It's like I can tell by the indigo on your chiclets you've been drinking the blueberry wine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. He's got a great, that a great voice. Was pregnant, or was that a different? I may be uh, wrong. She found out she was pregnant. Yes, she finds yeah. out she's pregnant while they're there getting drunk. I believe. I've seen Parks and Rec in so long since so like a whole memory that unlocked. But yeah, I love that episode. <laughs> you know, I I kind of got and maybe maybe I'm uh, I don't know if you guys kind of think this, but when I watched it, I was kind of felt like it was a Tarantino movie almost from saying yeah. the violence and stuff. You know, it kind of had like that vibe a little bit. I, I could it. see that, and I do believe. You know, well, this is late '90s, and that 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 was kind of a vibe back then yeah. in movies. But Tarantino obviously kind of has his own spin to it. But I can see that it does have a almost a Pulp Fiction type vibe, or yeah. maybe like a you know how like Reservoir Dogs is kind of lower production. This this movie's mm. sort of not not it's not super low budget, but it's not it doesn't feel high production almost. Right? Yeah, kind of gritty. Mm. The story at its core is just a guy is confused for another guy and gets his rug ruined yeah. <laughs> and he's just you know he's just kind of a wanderer through life just kind of the dude you know the the big lebowski the dude is just a a he exists you know he did some things they say he was a writer i think right didn't they? he have a he have a part for writing i can't remember specifically he's talking uh, i think to bunny or someone when he tells what he used to do yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but all he's trying to do this whole movie is someone urinates on his rug and he's trying to get closure here and he gets wrapped up in just all kinds of nonsense. And it's almost one of those not a lot really happens types movies like a, a I don't want to say quite like a Napoleon Dynamite, but similar on that scale of just sort of a day in this dude's life. And yeah, obviously a lot of crazy stuff happens. So mm-hmm. there is, there is plot points and, you know, an up and down and story arc, but it's, it's kind of a mundane story. I would say. Yeah. yeah. I, I, there, there's really nothing significant. It's just that he, he keeps finding himself in progressively worse situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it starts off, he gets his rug peed on. He goes to try to figure out what happens with that. And then basically ends up having to, find a kidnapped person and then gets roped into being a surrogate parent or a a sperm donor and and just all kinds of shenanigans they they blackmail someone or try to blackmail someone or threaten a kid yeah i mean it's just a a crazy and and terrible night that yeah i think you're you're kind of right with all kinds of it kind of is just like a story that's being told. It's not really like a big plot. There's no like crazy hidden meanings into it in the whole film. It's just kind of, you know, a bunch of interesting characters um, and just a, like kind of a story about this guy when, in a day, you know, like what he's Definitely going a lot of larger than life characters for sure. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it almost it almost seems like the dude is kind of our most mundane character in this whole movie. You know, he's he's just almost seems like the stability you know and then the total crazy crazy fun house that ends up happening you said at yeah. the beginning you were confused about through the movie what what was it generally was it just kind of like the randomness of of what was going on or like what what's your general thoughts on the whole thing so what messed me up was whenever like those like thugs or whatever showed up at the beginning and like peed on the rug and they were like yeah we know you're the lebowski and he's like look around like do i look like i'm married my seat was up you know whatever yeah and that just like set me up i was like oh i was like he's got gold hidden under his like i don't know why i had it in my head that he was like the real lebowski and that was gonna be Mm. like basically a psychological thriller or something where he was like (laughs) a whole thing where he was like i'm the one all along who was like 
So I was kind of expecting that to happen and it didn't, which was kind of crazy. But yeah, that's all. Yeah. It wasn't like really confusing, I guess. It was more so that I was waiting for that gotcha moment that never happened. I'm literally always wrong. Whatever I think is going to happen in a movie, <laughs> I've never in my life been right. But the, yeah, this time I thought that it was actually him. And I was like, and then he was like at a bowling alley. And I was like, oh my God, like he's bowling. Like he's really like in character. Like, <laughs> like he's not rich. But yeah. <laughs> but overall, so you thought that it was you thought it was going to be like he was the right Lebowski or you thought he was pretending not to be the right one or something yeah basically I thought it was like um what was that movie oh it was blank check do you guys remember that movie uh the little kid. yeah <laughs> the Disney movie <laughs> yeah except girl yeah. man I thought that's basically what was happening here like I was thinking that those kind of vibes I was yeah. wrong I was very wrong that's hilarious I kind of had that thought a little bit too in the beginning. I, I, I could see where you thought that. That he um, was like pretending or something. Right. Yeah. He's like, yeah. In an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, John Goodman, the guy that plays, uh, shoot, what's his name? The character's name, uh, Walter, stated that the dude referring to the Big Lebowski as a human paraquat was one of the only improvised lines to make it into the final film. Virtually every other line, including man and dude, was scripted. So all the mans and dudes and stuff like that. And, yeah. and I've actually heard that, I believe, about the Coen brothers before, about them having pretty good, solid writing about that kind of stuff. And typically, you know, what you're hearing is what's written. Yeah. Um, before filming most scenes, Jeff Bridges, the guy that played the Big Lebowski, would frequently ask the Coen brothers, did the dude just burn one on the way over here? If they would say yes, he would rub his knuckles into his eyes before... <laughs> Taking a minute, basically, to make them appear bloodshot for filming. Uh, the dude says man 147 times, <laughs> nearly one and a half times per minute. I read it somewhere, and then I wrote it down, and maybe and maybe it's on there, about the, the use of the F word. Is it on one of the facts as well? Um, I'm sure. What did you have? So I, I read somewhere that they used the F word. 292 times, and that's more than in Scarface. It's a typical Jeez. day. <laughs> right <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah i'm sure it's on here somewhere I, oh yeah the f word or a variation is used 292 times yeah that's too funny after watching this movie originally for a while when i had first turned 21 when i was out drinking in a bar i'd order white russians and call them a caucasian because yeah. of this <laughs> that's what he's ordering is a white russian yeah um, oh no Milk and because yeah, that's like milk and vodka, yeah. right? It's, uh, milk and Kahlua oh, or okay. vodka, milk and Kahlua, maybe. Mikey's yeah. the bartender. I feel like you would know. Some people use like a like a creamer instead of like coffee or not a coffee instead of a like half and half or whatever. Um, yeah, but yeah. you see that too sometimes. But yeah, I think generally it's it's like a Kahlua and stuff. There's something I did notice about this movie is how everyone kind of had almost like a philosophical like label you know what i mean so like the nihilist and there was like the nympho and then like the pacifist and uh, yeah the fascist or whatever and um i guess and i guess um the dude kind of was in kind of drifting through all of that without being in like a i guess we'd call that like an ethos right I, I think maybe he probably connect more with towards the end of the movie with like the nihilists if anything you know because he didn't yeah, really not believe like, anything. I just noticed that each character was very defined by almost like a label, like John Goodman's character <laughs> and like uh, yeah, the woman and, and Terry. Yeah, labels yeah. were really kind of an important thing in this whole deal. Yeah, you know, a lot of Walter's rants were kind of you know about labels and labeled people. Mm -hmm. You you see it making a big deal, like you said, the nihilists. Um. And I think that kind of goes along with what you said about, or what, what I was saying about everyone being such a character yeah, yeah. in this. And, They're exaggerated. Yeah, almost. the dude isn't, he kind of flows through all that, but we we see him as almost the only real, like, normal-ish character. Yeah. He is a bit exaggerated, and obviously he's the dude, you know, he's larger than life himself a little bit, but... Right. I think his whole chill vibe and the whole essence of chill and, and relaxedness makes him seem like and maybe even they did that for contrast you know with these larger than life characters that makes jeff bridges character seem so much 
more dude like so much more zen you know mm. he's so chill among all these characters bizarre characters you know yeah did you notice that F- flea was one of uh, flea from the red hot chili peppers is one of the Niles? yeah <laughs> that was kind of there was, i didn't expect there was that. a couple weird cast choices yeah. i didn't expect to see tara reed that was weird i haven't seen her in and anything and i mean it's obviously it's really you know, old but during this timeline too though you saw terry reed in everything it's not yeah. really done much you know terry reed was in a, like van weiler uh american pie freaking the big lebowski all in that same ar- right. around that same time like late 90s early 2000s i saw this Always. on tiktok i don't know if it's a fun fact but it was kind of bizarre so the chainsaw was invented in 1830 and it wasn't invented for what you'd think it was invented for is actually oh I know this yeah for widening and partial removal of the pelvis to make it easier and faster during childbirth so like yep <laughs> in surgical procedures yeah <laughs> just like and I'm sure it, it probably wasn't the same it probably didn't look anything like the way you know what we use for yeah. like you know trees and stuff but just thinking about that it's really bizarre <laughs> like hacking somebody with a chainsaw for childbirth I don't know uh, but yeah obviously you know it was you know found it be useful for woodworking because it's they're like so how quickly it can cut through i'm things. gonna be perfectly honest i just looked up a picture of kind of an original chainsaw not much that not that much different no Jeez. no uh it's a little bit tapered at the tip but i mean you know that's probably just for uh ease of insertion if you will yeah. i'm not looking it up mm-hmm there's more the little crank handle which is <laughs> i not think the they all have like crank handle <laughs> Imagine homeboys cranking on that bad dude. Uh-uh. Uh, you got you to sit really still, okay? okay? And another thing, this wasn't on TikTok, but I just read it and thought it was kind of cool because Vikings are, are neat to me. So Vikings use the bones of slain animals when smithing new weapons, believing this would enchant the weapon with the spirit of the animal. This actually made the weapon stronger because the carbon and the bones coped with the um, with the iron made it almost like a primitive version of steel. Yeah. So they're kind of right, you know. Like, I guess it kind of did <laughs> Enforce, <laughs> yeah. infuse the power, yeah. <laughs> making it stronger. Yeah, it's like an yeah. alloy, basically. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it got me thinking. There's a, quite a bit of stuff, you know, uh, around that time period and how they made, you know, kind of leaps and bounds as far as like, especially with weapons and and steel and iron, just everybody in general. Um, how it kind of changed everything, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, heck, leaps and bounds. Look, the last fifty years of technology, we've we've made huge leaps and bounds. I mean, human yeah. technological growth is definitely exponential. But I see what you mean. Like that's kind of around when it started picking up, I guess, or when when mm. you start seeing more metalworking and things like that. Yeah. We are all just a speck of fragment of time on the on the whole timeline. This has been huge leaps and bounds. Mm, it's pretty it's totally unrelated. And I just saw this earlier tonight for Fourth of July and. We all know the beer PBR, mm-hmm. that, that um, basically water they sell in a can. Apparently, during <laughs> during holidays, they sell a 99 can case yeah. that you can buy, like a family pack of beer. Well, this year, they're doing something. They're going to sell a 1776 can <laughs> case of beer. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 1700- uh, Cans of beer, basically. Uh, I thought they were going to do it for like full production, but apparently it's going to four specific groups that they're doing yeah. it. Could you imagine? I, I bet you couldn't even put that thing in a car. Like, I can't. How much would that weigh? <laughs> can, I get, can I get a forklift to bring this to my I truck? I thought it was kind of interesting that the 1776, though, is divisible by 24. So, like a normal case. So, it's like what, 72, 73 cases of. Of beer in one out of seventeen seventy six. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's like even. Yeah, that's got to be insane. That the price is a thirty two dollar case of beer. Have you ever bought PBR? I was about to say PBR. They <laughs> oh, no. actually give you. No, I was. They gonna... give you two fifty <laughs> when you pick it up. <laughs> I was gonna say I used to drink PBR because it was a cheap beer you could mm-hmm. get for five dollars. You can get a six pack, and then all the hipsters made it popular I buying it all that. the time. Yes. And so now it's like it's kind of expensive. Have now. you seen uh, Dale and Tucker versus Evil? I've seen like mm-hmm. the first half. <laughs> He gets stung by a bunch of bees and he's pouring PBR on it. He's like, oh yeah, that's that's the good stuff right there. Literally. Are they like uh, are they like northerners or something? 
That seems like a northerner thing to do. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, know, I mean, they're in the south in that movie. I think they just oh, right, keep accidentally right. like looking super like creepy, right? And like killing people. Yeah, not killing people. Yeah. But yeah. Well, the college kids are killing themselves yeah. because yeah. of just freak accidents, and it's these two hillbillies played by Pirate Steve. Let's look up our degrees of Kevin Bacon. That, yeah. that can be a, a fun thing that we do. Yeah, I can do a little Let's, bit. I feel like this is going to be super easy, but we'll go with Jeff Bridges. We'll go with the. Oh, I think I already know yeah, that. I mean, one. as soon as we get Jeff Bridges, though, we have everybody else because that means Jeff Bridges <laughs> has been in the fine <laughs> link. Oh my God! Apparently, Kevin Bacon was an R.I.P.D. Yeah, I don't remember that. We yeah. were watching, or we just <laughs> talked about it. All right, let's try Tara Reed. Right, maybe with somebody a little more. Obscure. And for those of y'all that may not know what we're talking about, basically, there's a theory that everybody is connected in six or more acquaintances or something like that, and specifically for some reason there's a meme about it being connected to kevin bacon and so last last episode we oh wow this isn't even through jeff bridges by the way <laughs> tara reed was in cruel intentions with sarah michelle geller which is a really good movie um and sarah michelle geller was in the air i breathe with kevin bacon all right langer give me a give me an actor seth rogan well, that might be a good one yeah Seth Rogen. Oof. I don't even think we've seen... Whoa, was Seth Rogen in Anchorman? I don't even mm -hmm. remember that. I do not remember him in Anchorman. Seth Rogen was in Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, with David Kochner, which is... That's a, a Packer from The Office, isn't it? Yeah. Kochner, mm -hmm. <laughs> Kochner. I don't remember how to say his last name. And then David was in My One and Only with Kevin Bacon. Damn. I feel like we're going to stump this one. These, these One of these days, yeah. Drake, <gasps> like the rapper. Oh, that may be Yeah, because he was an actor for the while. Was Drake in Ice Age? Uh, I don't know, apparently. He was yeah. the was voice he? of Ethan, <laughs> a teenage mammoth. <laughs> okay, so Drake was in Ice Age, Continental Drift, with Queen Latifah, and Queen Latifah was in Beauty Shop with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Even Drake... Right? Weird. That's too funny. Back to the Big Lebowski. Um, this is a rated R movie, I believe, right? It's I mean, it's got some mature themes, but it's nothing too crazy. It's a little bit of nudity here and there. Yeah. Um, some light drug use, alcohol, obviously. Um, nothing you wouldn't see at grandma and grandpa's. <laughs> we have the big Lebowski, the dude, played by Jeff Bridges. Like we said before, he's just a a, a beer-drinking, alcohol-drinking bum, basically. Smokes the green, lives his life, plays bowling, or goes bowling. Do you play bowling or go bowling? Uh, go bowling, right? I think you, you play cards and you go bowling. He I goes think. bowling with his buddies. He's got Walter and, and Donnie always hanging out with them. Uh finds himself in a weird situation he he comes home is he he wakes up or comes home no he comes home from the store with his his stuff to make or more milk or cream or whatever to make his white russians and uh immediately gets attacked and some guys pee on his carpet give him a swirly mm -hmm. basically he finds out that they're looking for another guy named uh lebowski that owes someone else money and he's now wrapped up in the whole ordeal he's he's now basically out a rug and uh you know he goes bowling the next day ranting about this to his buddies and we start meeting these characters you know we see the bowling alley we meet walter and donnie and donnie's sitting there and every time you see donnie bowl this entire movie he rolls a strike yeah um he's just the punching bag of the group though basically um he seems like a well enough guy we got walter he's he he's kind of like the high and tight, you know, veteran type character, real intense. Uh, just I, I don't know. They're just such bizarre characters. Yeah, yeah. it's just such an inconsequential and just kind of strange opening. You know, Landry, like you said, you were confused, but I could see that because it's just such a weird. You know, if you're not really expecting this, you know, and you get this. It's a strange movie. I can totally agree with that. 
And there's also some just odd independent film-esque artsy scenes too, you know, like the, just like some of the cutaways, you know, to like, like the trampoline or the little parachute thing where they're launching the girl in the air, or like just like yeah. things like that, you know, you see in like these independent films, which I would, I thought was kind of odd, uh, but I mean, it, they fit well and it was interesting. I almost feel like they're trying to give the vibe as if you were floating through this day as, you know, kind of burnout. You know, this person that maybe isn't super in touch with reality anymore because of years of alcohol and, and drug abuse. Yeah. You know, it's kind of spacey, I guess. You get a floaty, almost ethereal feeling of, is oh, this yeah. all just a terrible drug trip? <laughs> this yeah. Is, like, who who comes into a house to pee on a rug? Like, yeah. how are y'all this wrong? You said that you were supposed to meet a millionaire, and I live in this this shack. You know, he even tells the people that. Um. It's also a super uh, kind of racist movie in some things, but it's kind of like that outdated, ignorant racism where they're making these things that are jokes that are just kind of inappropriate. You know, he mentions the ethnicity of one of the characters a couple times inappropriately, uh, or Jeff Bridges does, and then uh, uh, John Goodman's character definitely does, uh, I think, several times throughout the movie. But, I mean, it kind of comes with the territory of older movies like this, I think. Yeah. So yeah, what'd you think? What'd you think of the opening? Uh, besides the confusion, was there anything that you particularly liked or did you know didn't really sit well with? Not really, honestly. Like I like obviously like the confusion, right? Then he went to like the Rolabowski's house, and I was like, okay. Even then, like I wasn't accepting that. I was like, no, something like he's not really like this guy's still like a millionaire, and he's just hiding it. Um, and then like when he goes out and like. Obviously, like, the wife that's, like, causing us issues, like, painting her nails green or whatever. And I was, like, green nail polish, like, red flag, you know? But... Is it? <laughs> yeah. Why is that a red flag? <laughs> green nail polish? Yeah, that's a big red flag. Yeah. I feel like there's some, some tea you gotta spill here. <laughs> I've got to... <laughs> so, what happened was... Not, like, it's just green... In general, basically, one time I went to a job interview and it was like they I did like a phone interview and they were like, yeah, oh, my God, like we would love to have you just like come in as a formality and like speak with, you know, like speak with like our hiring, like manager, basically like HR and like we'll get you hired. So I'm like, yeah, OK. And I, it was on campus and I had class all day. So I was like, OK, so I wore something like business casual because I literally had to walk across this whole campus and I go to this interview. It is a group interview there's like 50 people in there waiting in like suits they're dressed to the t and i'm like literally like not and i was like oh god and so they call me back and they're like okay they're like if i set um two blue pins um three black pins a green pin and a red pin in front of you what would you pick and i was like i would pick the green pin because my eyes are green and they didn't hire me and so I just... What is <laughs> wrong with you? <laughs> I wouldn't have hired you either. Which is crazy. You know, they're lost, am I right? But, so, I always know anybody who picks green is a red flag. Ah, it's just personal thing. Just because of my own personal <laughs> decision. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that checks out. That all makes sense. <laughs> uh, oh, man. All right. Well, so after talking with Walter and Donnie at the bowling alley, uh, like Landry said, the dude cruises down to the real Lebowski's house. And I don't remember how he finds it. Did he look him up or something? How did he mm. find the real Lebowski? <laughs> um, I don't remember seeing actually, how either. Maybe looks... Regardless, he looks him up or something. Somehow he... F I mean, I can't imagine there's that many Lebowskis in a city. Probably looks him up in the phone book. Yeah. Um, he shows up and he meets Philip Seymour Hoffman as uh, the big or the real Lebowskis, or I guess the big Lebowskis um, uh, manservant, essentially. Because mm. I'm pretty sure the big Lebowski is actually supposed to be the old man. Yeah. Um, and Jeff Bridges, the dude, is just Lebowski. You know, he's just the dude. Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman, uh, the big Lebowski's uh, manservant, answers the door, introduces him. You know, uh, Jeff Bridges is all upset about the rug because this rug really tied his room together. 
<laughs> yeah, they mentioned that a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, just just take the L, man. Is it all worth it? Marks yeah. are expensive, so I uh, I get they it to are an expensive. extent. Like I'm like, all right, though, yeah. But man, <laughs> I feel like he goes through a lot of effort over this rug. They meet in that. It's like a coffee shop or a cafe, right? It's actually a really famous uh, place, but it's not an actual um, coffee shop. It's like a place they use for filming. Yeah, it's so like a, yeah. a movie. Yeah, yeah, used in a bunch of different movies. Is it the same one they use in Pulp Fiction, or no? Is that a different one? It might be. Yeah, oh, I know what you're talking about. In the beginning, about. Yeah. yeah, it might be. That's a good point. Let, let's look that up because that I've seen that before in a couple of movies. Yeah, it's called. Johnny's Coffee Shop and has been long long been closed, only used for filmmaking. It's in Fairfax, Los Angeles. Yeah. And I guess it was in some of the later diner scenes from American History X. And I, I do remember seeing that. Mm. <clears throat> Maybe even from watching American History X. And that's a really good kind of gritty movie. Oh, my movie God. I saw the curb stomp and I stopped watching. Oh, yeah. He, it's, he it's was, rough. like, bite yeah, the curb. And I was like, why is he biting the curb? And then he, you already know. And I was just like, nope. Yeah, yeah no yeah. movie. New movie, not for me. Uh uh. <laughs> mm hmm. Yep. Gone in 60 seconds. It was also in that. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, I just remember seeing it yeah. and I, I looked it up because I was like, I feel like this, um, I feel like I've heard it somewhere, you know, and, and Ray had told me it, they use it in like a bunch of different films. Yeah. I do remember mm -hmm. that. Yeah, after you said it. Um, See, so anyways, well, uh, <clears throat> Walter's not any help, so the dude goes home. You know, he's chilling out. Um, he's got a little roach going in the in the bathtub, just, you know, having a little downtime. <laughs> oh, God. And it comes to be one of my favorite scenes in the movie, yeah. uh, just because it's pretty hilarious, just how calm he is. So the guys that peed on his rug earlier walk in. Um, actually, no, it's not the same ones. It's, uh, it's the Germans, <clears throat> right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it's the Germans, right? Or is it some of the nihilists or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Germans. Okay, yeah, it's the Germans. Um, they walk in with this like ferret thing on a leash, <laughs> a marmot. <laughs> yeah, and the dude's like, "Oh, hey, man, nice marmot." Like, he's like in his tub. Some people that I don't think he's seen up to this point are in his house. First of all, what's up with the dude's home security, man? Why is this guy got a lock on his door yet? Right. Um. They walk into his house. Oh like, no! They, oh, nice he, marmot. Doesn't he try to barricade the the? That's the door? later on. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. Later on, he goes to barricade the door, and then they just open it on him because um, it opens the other way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Hey, nice marmot, man." They throw it in the tub with them, which is kind of messed up because you know that thing is panicking, like drowning. Yeah. But they drop it near his crotch region, so it's flailing and doing whatever marmots do in the water. Um, and they're looking for the money because they were the ones that he was supposed to drop the money off to. Um, obviously, the money didn't get to where it was supposed to go. Um, so at this point, uh, he finds where his car was taken to after it was stolen. The cops find his car, so he goes to try to find it. And the money's not in there, and there's the homework of a little kid or someone it's it's like homework so he assumes it's a kid or we're led to assume it's a kid um so again grabs walter and for some reason well actually no i think they go to the bowling alley first again because <laughs> why not you need a bowling alley scene every few minutes yeah exactly um so they're at the bowling alley because I think this is when he meets Sam Elliott's character. We meet Sam Elliott's character. What is his name in this, though? The, stra uh, the, the stranger. stranger. Yeah. yeah. So this is when <laughs> the dude meets the stranger and Sam Elliott's character just, just Western, mysterious, I don't even know, <laughs> drifter, I guess. Yeah. Um, talking to the dude, asked for some sarsaparilla, which I, have y'all ever had sarsaparilla? It's like a root beer kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a form of root beer. Yeah, the yeah. only the well, the first place I ever heard from it or heard it from was like New Vegas, mm -hmm. Fallout New Vegas, too, yeah. and then I believe a few years ago I was either going to try some or I did some try. I did try some, 
Um, but obviously I don't remember, so it wasn't that memorable. But I think it's a similar to a root beer. Yeah. Um, it's just a bizarre thing. It sounds very Western, like you got near that good Shashbarilla. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sam Elliott's character is the one that's kind of narrating the story as well, right? Like he's like telling it in the beginning. Like this omnipotent being. And yeah. for some reason he asks him to not swear so much. I don't I didn't really understand this whole scene. Um it seems like they're getting at something, but it, I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Maybe the maybe he's supposed to be more dude than the dude, I guess. Right. I don't know. But he gets a call back from mod at this point and goes to see her and she tells him and he meets this weird giggling actor dude but he's kind of irrelevant a lot of characters in this movie are really irrelevant um, like i mentioned before most of the story is just kind of pointless to be honest like there's very little real plot going on um, not necessarily in a bad way though anyways she's trying to get him to go to a doctor and we find out why later but it's under the guise of he got hurt from from her painting the first time he meets her the dude finds the homework in the car, obviously. So for some reason, he leaves mods and that for some reason decides to get Walter to go with him to confront this child because they think he stole the money and they pull up and there's a Ferrari outside or a Corvette or something. What is it? Fancy, some fancy sports car. Yeah. And they're like, oh man, he sold them or he spent all the money. Um, <laughs> is Donnie with them and they tell him to wait in the car or is he not with them? No. Yeah, he's sitting like he's sitting in the car, yeah. Yeah. So they go inside and there's this dude in an iron lung in the corner and it's like got to be some real deep meta joke because didn't they quit using iron lungs in like the 50s or 30s right. even? I, yeah, I believe there's only like one person alive still that has one, I think. Was it from polio? Um so it's like it's used for people that are paralyzed from like the neck down mostly um because you can't your lungs you know can't breathe yeah but own. like they don't need them anymore so clearly like what is the i don't know i'm not, I'm not exactly I did, sure I, I, every time i've watched this movie i thought it was kind of weird oh apparently the last person in it died in 2017 Ooh. maybe they do still use them sometimes weird but i just found it I, every time i've watched this movie i thought it was some kind of weird reference or some i don't know it just seemed bizarre like it's just a guy sitting in an iron lung right um so they're gonna confront this kid and walter just balls to the wall as soon as he's in there is like <laughs> screaming at this kid and is stuff this your homework is this your homework or whatever he says yeah <laughs> the dude's like that's irrelevant now where's the money and walter gets this and you're gonna have to pardon our language because i feel like we gotta quote this here for some reason, Walter gets to a point where he's done with this and he's going to go destroy what he thinks is this kid's car. Because the child has just sat here completely silent. The mom hasn't really said anything. And obviously their dad or grandpa or whatever's in the iron lung in the corner. Um, So Walter goes and gets a baseball bat or a crowbar or something to attack this car. He's like, <laughs> you see... Uh, what's his name whatever this kid's name is like keep saying his name is like this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass and <laughs> like says this over and over and over for some reason in like irate destroying this car after about like two three minutes of destroying this car this guy comes out that's the neighbor and it's apparently the neighbor's car um yeah totally distraught so in retaliation he goes and starts destroying the car they came in but it's actually the dude's car and yeah. um he like breaks out all the windows of the dude's car all the lights and the car was already in bad shape from the wreck and from like getting stolen so the dude goes home and tries to barricade his door and as soon as he puts the chair in front of it, it opens away from him. The chair falls outside and the guys that peed on his rug initially are there. And they say this guy, Jackie Treehorn wants to see him. And we find out that Jackie Treehorn is a porn producer, essentially. Um, and he's also looking for bunny, the big Lebowski's wife. And basically she's the one, or he's the one that she owes money to. Um, and he thinks for some reason that the dude knows where she is. You know, he keeps telling him, he's like, you know, I don't know. She's been kidnapped. You know, your guess is good as mine. And apparently he drugs the dude for some reason. I, I That part's kind of not super clear, but the dude has this really long, like, four-minute 
um, trip of like a really weird bowling opera montage sing session where he's like dancing and stuff. Yeah, it's really it's, it's pretty bizarre. Yeah, he I think wakes up uh, or wakes up like running down the road and gets arrested. Um, chief of police of that area is also another weird corrupt character that tells him to basically quit being involved in everything he's being involved in. Um, so the dude goes back home, Maud's waiting there, and this is where we find out why she wanted him to go to the doctor, because she wants him to donate sperm to her um, for some reason, because basically he would never be in her social circles to interact with her. It finally, all the, everything starts finally boiling over when um, the big Lebowski, or the, the dude basically finds out, you know, that, that the big Lebowski's broke, and he pieces together that he probably made this up and um, Bunny's not actually missing. So they go to confront him about uh, the Big Lebowski about this and uh, he brings Walter again for, I don't know, whatever reason. Walter, I guess, is just the go-to hammer that he needs. Yeah. Um, and they basically, he basically just, or the Big Lebowski basically denies everything. He's like, you, you know, you can't prove anything that it happened. You're not getting any money. So they're distraught. They go back to the bowling alley. They're sitting there bowling and uh, they're, they're talking uh, the big or the dude. Ah. <clears throat> so they go back to the bowling alley and they're all distraught over the situation. The dude and Walter are sitting there talking about it. And we see Donnie get up to bowl and um, you see him bowling in the background of almost every one of the scenes that, they're in the bowling alley and he's doing giving strikes every single time. And he finally bowls one and he hits the, uh, the pins and it shows him, And one of them doesn't go down and he stares at it and he's kind of confused. He just kind of walks back over to the bench and everything just keeps going. You know, the conversation continues. They don't really pay attention to it much. Um, but at the end of the night, all three of them go outside and, uh, the Germans are there, the ones that were supposed to get the the payment, the ransom payment, and they've lit. They've basically torched the dude's car, and so now his car is completely dead. Um, and it becomes a whole ordeal. Ordeal. They're they're gonna fight. Walter's pissed. He pulls his gun. Um, I think Walter shoots, but no one gets shot. Right? Like, I think they just kind of fight. Someone. I don't remember specifically what happens during the fight. Nothing like no one gets hurt real bad. Um, just the um, church, just the the nihilists. Really, they kind of get yeah. hurt. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, just the nihilists get a little hurt, but um, during this fight, you know, once everything's over, they look back and Donnie's laying on the ground, and he apparently had a heart attack. I'm assuming the gun or whatever it was. But I thought it was really interesting that, you know, he rolls strikes the whole movie and then the one time that he doesn't roll or roll, you could tell I, I bowl a lot. Um, the one time he doesn't <laughs> bowl a strike, yeah. he ends up dying of a heart attack. You know, there's got to be some like this whole movie has some weird symbolism that like isn't symbolizing <laughs> anything. It seems like. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, and it's kind of a bummer, you know, even though that Walter's really mean to Donnie, you can tell this group's really tight, tight knit, you know, yeah. Donnie was their homie, their buddy. Um, so arguably I mean, they're the, the ones taking care of their funeral, arguably the one good character, like, you know, alignment wise, like probably in the whole truly is. Yeah. yeah. He's like the pure soul. Yeah. And it, honestly, kind of a weird role for Steve Buscemi because, like, it's it's kind of a back like total background role, and he's such a good actor, and he just they have him do nothing. But I, I feel like that's kind of the beauty of it. I think that's kind of the beauty and purity of Donnie. Um, and so the dude and, and Walter are left to take care of the funeral thing, and and you know this is this is kind of Landry's wheelhouse, but they're sitting there looking at everything and. Walter's like, yeah, what's what's up with this cost? And um basically it's too expensive. They can't afford to do what Here's they're wanting to do. Like 
16 grand like if you're wanting just like a, yeah. if you're wanting just like a gathering and then a funeral service you're talking tens of thousands of dollars yeah, yeah for lot. sure um and so they're like we're just gonna have them cremated and, and the guy's like yeah but that's the price of the receptacle to put the ashes in it's like that's that's our most affordable receptacle what he words it really specifically um Basically, that's the cheapest one they got, and right. finally Walter's like, you know, right? Where's where's the corner store? He says a specific all these, I think, or uh, he says a specific store. I can't remember. Yeah. And they go and get a coffee can for <laughs> for Donnie's ashes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I get it because they're going to spread them, and you don't really need anything crazy. Nah. This is uh, um, probably my favorite scene too. This is probably one of the better scenes in cinematic history of of movies i think um we have walter and the dude went to this cliff edge with donnie's ashes to basically spread his ashes do something nice say a few words and and uh walter's saying some words and he opens up this folgers can <laughs> that they have uh donnie's ashes in and goes to dump them out and the dude's standing behind him, and the wind picks up these ashes. Because Walter just kind of, like, shakes it out, like, nonchalant, loose-wristed. All of these ashes blow right back up and just coat the dude. Walter dumps Donnie's cremated body into the wind. It all gets blown back into the dude's face, nose, shirt, neck, beard, hair. You know, just his whole essence just gets totally coated donnie powdered if you will and walter's just like oh shoot dude i'm sorry and starts washing him or like trying to brush him off and this is kind of like a boiling port for for dude you know it's probably like a mixture of a loss of a friend all the messed up stuff that's happened and kind of the fact that walter's a really big cause of a lot of this we kind of see like a totally undude moment for him freaks out kind of goes off on on walter he's like Come on, man, like, nothing, like, the speech that Walter gave during the funeral, the actions he's made, like, it just all frustrates the dude. Has just this outburst moment, and then, you know, they kind of hug. A bummer moment, you know, hate to lose a friend. And then that's just kind of it, you know? They go back to the bowling alley scene, show some people bowling in the background. Like... In reality, Bunny was just kind of gone. She was never kidnapped. There was never money in the briefcase. It was a setup because um, the big Lebowski was trying to, I don't know, get money from insurance or get rid of Bunny or, yeah, like it was all just inconsequential. None of it mattered. Like nothing happened. Um, He sees the stranger again and he's kind of happier. You know, the dude abides. You know, that's that's what we're left with. None of it matters. It's all pointless. Um, and I mean, I think there's a beauty in that. You know, I, I definitely really like it. Um, but what do you all think? What do you do? You think you would recommend it? What are your thoughts? Um, was it was it not really in your wheelhouse? I um yeah. So besides like the original confusion, like overall, the movie was really good. And I I wasn't like really like there were no like besides like the like racism and everything like that like and it's and it is an older movie i don't have any like i don't hate it um i would and it is a classic so like i would recommend it in that sense but i would have to be kind of like in a situation where it's just like we couldn't find anything else to watch and we're like let's watch a movie that everyone says we have to watch but like we've never really like actually sat down and watched (laughs) i would never just be like yeah "Yeah, like what are you doing tonight let's watch the big lebowski you know um but yeah (laughs) like it wasn't like a terrible movie or anything like that and i understand why it is a classic but no, I would never like playing a night around watching this movie with anybody. No, and you know it, it. It being an older movie doesn't really excuse the whole you know racism that's kind of laced out. And it's not bad in this, or it's not. You, know, I don't want to say not bad because it, all of it's bad, but it's not excessive where it's continuous regularly. Mm-hmm. There are parts in it that I do believe are you know problematic. Um, even back then, were kind of 
lowbrow mm-hmm. comedy, you know. And I can I can see that argument. You know, there's a lot of movies I feel like these days that are like that because of the things that were acceptable then just are kind of icky. And I mean, they were right. icky then. It just wasn't seen in the same way. Um, when I watched Dodgeball the other night, there's a lot of that in that movie too. I was really surprised, mm-hmm. honestly. It's kind of weird when you watch a little bit of older movies. Sometimes you're like, wow, that's that's strange that they would put that mm-hmm. in a movie. You know, that seems yeah. Yeah. kind of weird and it, it, pointless that you would feel that's appropriate. So, like, I hadn't seen it before, and I don't know why I waited this long because it was really good, and I ended up watching it twice. Um, the first time I was kind of struggled watching because I was so tired. Um, so I felt like I had mm-hmm. to watch it again, and I, I really enjoyed it. Like, characters are like they're really great. Um, all, all these actors, like ton of actors in this. Like I just kept seeing people that you know, in it over the span of you know the years since it came out, a lot of these actors are huge now. I mean, or at least made like a pretty good catalog for themselves. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I like how the plot is just kind of like here's a story and a, this was happening to this guy and it's all kind of crazy and like there's not really a conclusion for the most part. It's just kind of like. You know, it kind of just things kind of just play out the way they play out. And yeah. There's no like big, you know, message or hidden meaning thing there. Just like, um, you know, the story about this guy, a really interesting person, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this by now. It's like, you know, it's it's definitely a cult classic movie. It's real big, you know. The people that mm-hmm. I think they have like. I think there's like a religion built around like dudism or something. I've seen that yeah. before. Yeah. Just kind of that Zen. Um, there was a, what in my freshman year, I took a music appreciation class. And there was a guy there that wasn't like super into it, but he kind of had that, you know, essence. And he actually did a, a project over this movie for it. Um, oh, just wow. the soundtrack. But yeah, the, yeah, the dudists or the dudes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you see people like cosplaying characters from it sometimes. And like, it's kind of interesting. Heck, they yeah, they even reference it with Thor's kind of thing in in game. You know, that that's a definitely a Lebowski reference, kind of a, a dude vibe. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, I would. Definitely yeah, so like agree. I said, I've um, I've seen this movie before. I recommended it. I, I was trying not to do that for a while. Um, this was sort of a last minute pick because I was wanting to do a different movie, but the other one was also something I had seen before. I particularly like the the soundtrack of this movie. You got like Bob Dylan, yeah, you know, Elvis Costello, Kenny Rogers, lots of um, good some stuff. Gypsy Kings, you know. Just, most of the songs in the soundtrack are a total bop. Definitely recommend it for sure. Landry, what you were saying about, you know, not being super into it. I could totally see that. You know, I, I feel like it's it's kind of one of those movies and I almost want to call it like a dude movie kind of like a, as in like a boy movie, because that's kind of like, you know, kind of like a Fast and the Furious type movie, even though it's not that same style. Right. It's kind of just one yeah. of those movies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the humor. And yeah, everything. my wife didn't really feel like watching this either. I would definitely recommend it for sure. Um, you know, I definitely had recommended it seeing it this time. So, anyways, we uh we're wrapping up our tenth episode here, huh? Yeah, that's, that's ten down. I was looking at that earlier. You know, it's been it's been fun so far. Yeah, I definitely watched more movies through this whole thing than I have in a long time. Same. So, I've never watched this many movies in my entire life. I've watched more movies yeah. like. 10 movies. I've probably watched 12 movies in my entire life. And 10 of those were during yeah. this. <laughs> and I'm oh always like, gosh. and I'm always looking for stuff for us to do too now. You know, the, um, yeah. I'm seeing movies and stuff. Especially and, on like, TikTok. I feel like we reference it a lot, but that's where we get a lot of our random things. It's like, hang on. I'm like, I didn't right, know yeah. that. I'm going to bring that up on the Geek Squad. Well, yeah. <laughs> We're all freaking TikTok nerds now. People people da- bash on TikTok a lot, but I actually enjoy oh, it. I love it. Yeah. It took me, like, the <laughs> pandemic yeah. put me on it because forever I was like, oh, my God, absolutely not. But I was in the house board, and I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. And I downloaded <laughs> it, and I've never looked back. <laughs> I'm definitely excited for the next one. I'm not sure what we're watching yet, but you will know as soon as we do. So thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. For Geek Squad. Where, where the, the geeks, geeks talk. talk.